I kind of messed up there on the on the on the song. Hi everyone, welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host Jim. Hello. Uh, your co-host Spaz. I can now look forward to death. <laughs> and your co-host Hunter. Hello. And friends, for the first time in, I think, four months, we have a guest. We haven't had a guest in a while, (laughs) but we have a guest tonight. Joining us from Kansas, the community ambassador of Rockfish Games, Eric Schaefer. Welcome, Eric. Welcome. Welcome to me. Yes. Hello. (laughs) It's all about you tonight. (laughs) It's all about you tonight. What are you wearing? No, I'm kidding. Uh, Let's not go there. <laughs> oh, and, and quick clarification. Last name is Schrader, but Schrader. I can understand the confusion because my boss's last name is Shade. And so it's, you know. <laughs> I am no, so we were sorry. thinking you were the guy from Telltale. Oh. Well, there's also, there, I am there's so also sorry. Uh, the other Eric we know who uh, works for Double Damage. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's lots of Eric's in the industry. That's for sure. I I apologize, Eric. That is my bad. I wrote. I mis. No, I no, mistyped no. your name. We it's, should have a. We should have totally an episode fun. entitled "Eric's We Know." <laughs> and, uh, it's the sequel to Paul's We Know because apparently we know exactly. uh, about a dozen Pauls. <laughs> True. Uh, so, folks, we are here to talk about the hotly anticipated. Currently in Kickstarter sequel to uh, Everspace from a few years ago, uh, Everspace 2, which has taken quite a turn in uh, how it plays. Um, I was able to stream it for a few hours earlier today, and uh, it is an absolute blast, like 100,000% an absolute blast, I, I like a literal blast, but... Uh, the biggest change of this game is it's no longer a roguelike like the first one. It is an open world. Would you call it Diablo in space? Because you guys did allude to the ARPGs a lot in the Kickstarter pitch. So I just it's it's a I, I think it's a fair way to to put it kind of like just just like in simple terms. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a bit more detailed than that, but sure. Yeah, maybe we'll border maybe Borderlands in space because a lot of uh, a yeah. lot of we've also heard that one. Yeah, I would, I, I would, I would, I would align it. I would align it more towards the Diablo than Borderlands. But I would too. I would too. A star Sluter. As would we. Like at Rockfish, I think we would go more toward the Diablo side of things. But yeah, yeah, quite a lot has changed. It's open world now, which, um, which is amazing. And uh, yes, we, we only got to see a very small, very small. Like what would you say? That's th- three to five percent of the of the game is what was available oh, in the man. build you sent us. Honestly, I don't even know if it's that much. Um, oh god! I mean, here let's let's throw a couple numbers for perspectives, just because it's fun. So in the demo build, like we had we had just one ship class that was really kind of flushed out. <laughs> um, there's going to be several different ship classes and subclasses of each one. Um, the assortment of items that you found and all of the different figures that will be adjusting those, all of the different modifiers, the the prefixes and suffixes, if you will, um, all of that is going to be far greater, like by tens, 
20s, um, so much greater. So the variety of equipment is going to be massive. The leveling system is going to have so much more content and be meaningful as you're leveling up, not just a number that pops up on your screen. You're going to have a tech tree that you're going to develop through. Um, then, I mean, the the locations themselves, there were four locations in the demo yeah. and we are shooting to have at least like at least 10 locations in each solar system. And we're going to have at least like seven to 10 solar systems in the, the, oh. the game. So we're looking so, at 70 to 100 unique handcrafted locations that you'll be traveling to. Oh, um, wow. I mean, I can keep going, but like you can see like, there's there's very little actually in the demo. Apparently there's <laughs> apparently there's very little. Yeah, apparently there's a tiny tiny amount because I mean, it took about an hour and a half to 2 hours to get through I think all the actual like kind of questy content you guys had uh in this demo. Uh but the quests were neat like find these scientists and help fix these leaks and it's like this, not the usual stuff you see in a space game, which I kind of appreciated. Uh, <laughs> like, I think I can maybe think of one other game where you have to fix leaks. Maybe X4, maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe. It's Handyman. Yeah. 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 yeah the fixing the links kind of so surprised me. I was, I was not expecting that. I was like, leak? What? <laughs> Yeah, we've got a we got a nice crew on board for Everspace 2. In fact, our team at Rockfish um has since doubled the numbers from oh, Everspace wow. 1 to Everspace 2. Uh the first the first go we had, we had only about 10 guys on the team and now we are sitting pretty at 20. We don't really want to get too much larger than that, but some of the additions include a very prominent story writer and a uh, mission designer as well. So we're going to definitely have some unique twists and turns in Wait, some of those mi- missions that you're encountering. There's, there's going to be a mission designer? What? Mm-hmm. Well, Wait. specifically for like story crafting, not like not like oh, I see. designer I see. as a developer. See. Yeah, sorry. I kind of... That's kind of a weird way of putting well, you it, can, isn't it. You can only reuse that leak thing so many times. <laughs> Absolutely. And considering we're going to have so many unique locations, we want to try and... Uh, make the missions stand out apart from one another. So, I I, I did see that there are going to be missions. I guess those are like quests uh, in a more traditional ARPG, uh, but they yeah. haven't really they haven't really been implemented yet. They're kind of like on the fly, like fix these leaks, destroy this base. You know, um, at least right now. Oh, we have a question about the Kickstarter uh, from the sure. audience uh, from Darky Dark. I can't read that. Um, I was reading into the perks for the Kickstarter and want some clarification. When will we be able to play the demo that you're discussing right now, given we buy standard or higher editions? Absolutely great question. We get that one a lot. And the answer is that so long as it is a standard or higher tier on the Kickstarter, we will distribute that demo and it will be in a full demo state, not just a prototype demo. (laughs) That's right. The demo is not even done. Oh my gosh. Anyway, that will be distributed either um, late November or in December after the Kickstarter has been fully realized. Um, We're pretty, pretty confident that it's going to make it. Um, Yeah. We're sitting. uh, Yeah. We're almost at 40%. Yeah. Yeah, You guys are definitely on track. Yeah. and which is unsurprising given how good and popular free sp- I mean free space everspace was everspace one was um, I mean free space was also popular though yes yes but it did <laughs> it sadly did not get a sequel 
Uh, sure. but we're, we're very excited that you guys are, and you guys, you guys kept a really tight lip on this. That was it was a really nice surprise because I mean I know I I don't think any of us knew a sequel was coming like at all. Uh- you know, it's great because most of our uh, our core community didn't know either. Um, and oh my gosh, guys! Whenever we were working on Everspace Two before having revealed it, I was like having I was having major problems keeping my my mouth shut because I just wanted to talk about it so bad. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like um, just even the transition from going from a roguelike to open world was just such a huge step that we had been wanting to take and finally being in a position uh, financially to be able to, to look forward at this vision and realize it. We are just, we are so happy that we're, that everybody knows about it now and we're just diving in and we're also thrilled with the support we're getting from the Kickstarter so we can do really powerful stuff with this to make it truly the game that not only we want, but also what our community is desiring out there. Yeah, honestly, as part of the Kickstarter, I'm surprised that you just haven't like linked the uh, Gamescom demo. I mean, it, it's not like a super polished demo thing, but there's enough here that you can screw around with it and be like, wow, this looks awesome. Uh, okay, here's my. Yeah, even if you just I mean, release like <laughs> one, even if you just release like one system, or like one location, in this demo, you know that's that's really all it would take, I think. To yeah, I, I, I think honestly, like putting the putting the demo out after the Kickstarter doesn't do any service to the Kickstarter, and it, it might be you know that's when you need it. So unless okay. there's unless there's like an internal reason that you guys don't want to expose this thing to the. I think the main thing is that we wanted to deliver like a a full scale demo of the game and um, we weren't quite there yet. In fact, um, I don't know if you knew this, but we actually delayed the Kickstarter for about a month even um, before we kind of opened those doors. Uh, Just there's just been a lot of work. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. And we had to make some pretty tough calls of saying, well, when are we going to do this and how is this going to you know, be revealed to all of the the people that are waiting for it out there. And and ultimately we did decide on making the demo um, a feature on the Kickstarter so that if you support us early, that you can just have the demo um, without Mm. any, anything tied to that aside from just showing us, you know, your support. Um, I also know that I'm thinking um, this, this is sort of a, uh, like the pre demo is more like a, like, you know, here, here's what we're talking about. Look, it runs on your machine. It's going to look like this. Yeah. Right. And, and like, can we have your money please? And then, and then after that, it's like, okay, now everybody that backed us, we're going to give you like the, the fleshed out demo thing. So I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think that's a fair way of looking at it. We just, we really wanted to just, give back to the community that's giving to us. And it made sense for us to give the demo to those people, as opposed to just like, let everybody go crazy with it. Um, Especially, especially because we will be opening the floodgates for alpha beta and early access next year. So that's not going to be locked behind um, Kickstarter specifically Uh, early access. I'm I'm specifically addressing here, like the alpha and the beta. Absolutely. You're only going to have access through those elements through the Kickstarter. But if we do things like we did with Everspace one, the early access will be available to purchase into 
later next year, um, regardless of if you were a backer or not. Well, it's nice that it's, you know, you've got the plan already where it's like, okay, at this point, the early access happens. And because um, Infinity Battle Space, w- they had their Kickstarter and then it was in development for 30 years oh before they actually let anybody still in is. that thing. Still is. <laughs> and it's, still in development. Well, I mean, it's still, but they, but they finally came out with early access. Well, I mean, and, it, and it's like, yeah, God, can, Hunter, when did we fly that yeah. thing? That was like we, four we years flew, ago. Yeah, we flew in that thing. Probably, yeah, it was probably more like five years ago. But yeah. It was, it was a long. It was, it was several lifetimes ago. It was forever ago. But yeah. even then, though, it was still like, why aren't you releasing this? Because it's still, it felt pretty polished. Well, from a mechanics standpoint, it felt polished even then. Yeah, but it, it's. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah, glad it's finally out in early now, access. But... Yeah, they made some some pretty good changes in in that, and uh, you know, it's it's like they didn't back out of any of the stuff that we liked. It's it's not they didn't cube world it right, where it's just like, oh yeah, all that stuff you guys thought was cool. Yeah, we got rid of that. And <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, the cube world situation is inexplicable, man. I, um, I can't. I don't even understand it, and I bought the original Alpha back in 2013. Yeah, did you did you see the open source version of Cube World? Like somebody somebody else spun one up a few months ago, and I'm in their Discord, and it's already Cube World. Oh my and gosh! And it's only and it's only like carrying on. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's uh, visually indistinguishable from the product that just came out on Steam, hmm. and but because it's open source, it's like, okay, this is going to go exactly the way the community wants it instead. So um, unfortunately, just thinking about that, you know, it's like games that have been in development for 30 years. Right. (laughs) And, uh, but, but that one was kind of the mistake where dude went radio silent for like what, five years. Uh, Nobody knew what the hell. Besides the occasional tweet of a screenshot. And we're all like, just let us play it. Uh, Yeah. And I think had he had engagement with his audience during development that all of the weird ass changes that happened would have never made it. You know, because <laughs> people would have people would have been like, No, no. So weird. Yeah, so, he would have been under strong advisement from the community to abandon that plan. So back to Everspace too. I mean, it, it is great. You you have a plan to get this out into early access at least within a year or so. I mean, yeah, I know the game isn't fully going to come out for what two years. Um, yep, that's right. But and it's kind of got it like a dating simulator in here. I'm helping these shadow what? creatures. Oh, <laughs> I have to say, I love oh that. Gosh. I love reuniting those shadow creatures. Like, oh, I'm helping find love in the universe. You know, oh, it's kind of it's kind of yeah, sweet. It's great. It's great because like we were actually exploring different options to do with like um, just like various missions to undergo. And we thought, well, what what if there was one associated with like staying in the shadows? And we were just like kind of plugging away with some ideas with that. And then I can't even remember who it was. Maybe it was Hans Christian. I'm probably not giving the right credit to the right developer. But but one of them was like, yeah, let's just make a little shadow creature thing. And you have to take it to the other shadow creature. And the pathway you choose has to be very delicate because if you go into the sun then he leaves and uh so there's like a couple shadow creatures in like all four of the locations i don't know if you found all of them i think um, i did because i i was looking for them because i think it's ah, so cute i think it's so cute (laughs) it's so cute some of them are really tricky to figure out where the where to stay in the shadows oh yeah i mean the visual cues to do that are nice 
But even with the visual cues, it's like, okay, I'm behind this asteroid here, and I have to go behind that asteroid there. And if I stay in the sun too long, this little shadow creature will bolt. Uh, so I gotta ho- I gotta hoof it and hope I make it in time uh, to uh, <laughs> to get them over there before they leave. So yeah, it, it, it is a nice little flying challenge. Um, it's also kind of a speed challenge, which I which I dig. Um, yes, we wanted to add a lot more challenges of maneuverability. Um, I'm sure that that's something you noticed. We we really put a lot of emphasis on the motion of yeah. your ship. Um, since it's not a space sim, we can get away with making it fly kind of like a, I mean, kind of like a helicopter in space, which <laughs> like yeah, if you're looking at realistic kinda, perspective, that doesn't make any sense. But it feels so good from an arcade. It really does. Yeah, it's, it's got that descent thing going on. Yes. Descent is some, a great. Yes. Yes. In some good. games, this works really well because it feels good. And in other games, they do exactly the same thing, but it does not feel right. It just feels like you're not connected to the environment, right? Yeah. And I, I think it's like a certain amount of momentum to the ship, but not too much and stuff like that, right? So it's it, it has a lot to do with uh, like the acceleration and the momentum giving a feeling of, okay, there is some mass to this ship other than, uh, you know, like you just fly it around like moving a mouse cursor, you know, <laughs> it's, Absolutely. It's, it's like, Oh, it's a UFO. It's not a thing. So, yeah. Yeah. And because we put so much emphasis on this type of motion, we figured, well, we might as well challenge somebody be- to be very skillful with it. And we've dropped in those shadow creatures to navigate through the, the shadows. We also have a race track. I don't know if you found it near the star. I saw someone to navigate through rings. I saw uh, there's going to be of- lots of little challenges like that. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I saw when I was flying around the sun, I saw like racetrack on my screen for like a second. But I like the thing about this game is like there's so much going on. Uh, it's like, oh, there's a ra- whatever. I'm do- there's a there's a crate over there. I got to go over there. Uh, <laughs> so I, I saw the word racetrack for like half a second and then like flew off in search of this container I saw. So I'll have to go back and check that out. Um well, oh, yeah, yeah, I like how some of the asteroids actually just have like caves in them. Oh yeah, that. there's a there's a lot of exploration element going on, which is here. wonderful, and and that's good. Yeah, definitely, because I I like the exploration thing. If you're if you're gonna give me an open world, like populate it with interesting stuff and quest yeah. stuff is okay, but don't lead me around by the nose. And the, there's nothing to do but follow the chain of quest thing. I right? I, so. I did I did love how your in-game character commented like, "Is this a cave?" <laughs> like at one point <laughs> yeah. you flew into a cave and you're like, "What's this cave doing here?" I thought that was great. Oh, good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it might surprise you, but a lot of the uh, a lot of the 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 lines of text in the demo are actually like not even guaranteed to make it into the game. They were just like thrown in on a web to put together something for the demo, including all of the missions, too. Like we might use them. We might completely scrap them. But um, in time, we will have all those lines voice acted both in English and in German. Um, So it's going to be it's going to be. It's going to be really nice. It's going to be really nice to hear what the characters are saying. Well, we have a couple of questions from the chat. Um, yeah, throw them at me. Let's see. Uh, we, they're asking about VR. Is that going okay. to make a comeback? And if so, will it be a separate application? Can, uh, yes, can... it'll be a separate application if we do work on it. Um, mostly because 
we want to create the best VR experience possible. And doing that means to put it in a separate application. If we were to do that to the main game, things are going to get really wishy-washy really fast. We learned that with Everspace One. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I, I always I always appreciate when there's a VR and non-VR separate version because I don't have VR. And so it's nice to not half-ass it. You know what yes. I mean? Uh, so I really do appreciate that. Uh, the next question, I thought this was explained in the Kickstarter, but um, will the closed alpha include direct commentary between devs and players for improvement, such as a discussion board? Oh, someone already answered that one. Uh, I apologize. The answer uh, is a solid yes, though, just to make sure anybody who missed the question in the chat and is just listening in now. Um, absolutely. Right. Yeah, we we mean to be very supportive of our community because Without you guys, we would not exist. Like, mm-hmm. that's just, I, with all sincerity, like with Everspace One, it was an all or nothing thing, not because that's what it said on Kickstarter, but because that's what it was for us. Like, we were using our money to make that game possible. And because of the Kickstarter support, because of the community, we were able to exist. So, uh, it's come a long way since that point. Like uh, because Everspace One was a commercial success, we have a lot more funding behind us so that we can play around with elements and create a game that we are really passionate about. Not that we weren't about Everspace One, but moving into the open world territory, uh, this is uh, we're being really ambitious. We want to do a lot with it, and that's why we're giving so much praise and listening intently with our community who's supporting us through this process. Uh Oh, that's that's awesome. Uh, the next question: Does right. it still? Here's my question. I was okay. gonna say. Here's my question: Does it have space toilets? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a thing around here. We're starting to talk about fixing leaks. So, oh, <laughs> oh that's great. Um, so, you know, I think the best way to answer that. <laughs> Is that um, because it's going to be an open world, we're also using RPG elements, right? Your your character is the ship. Um, so don't necessarily right. think of yourself as like the pilot. So whenever you're going into station, it's not like you're getting out of your ship and walking around uh, and interacting with things. What is, when you're what flying is, down to planets, there's no Eva. There's no like you're well, not getting into a separate vehicle. Then, then I got to ask this. What, yeah, sure. what, does, what does a toilet look like for a spaceship to you? I mean, is it how how big is that? Looks kind of like a probably like an oil drip pan. <laughs> oh, my <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! You know, maybe maybe we'll just like design a maybe we'll just like design a missile and it's just called like a a, a poo pod and it's just it's whatever you uh, want. you know it would be hilarious. Can you just? I want this one Easter egg. You're, you're flying by an asteroid, and there's just like a little portage on that's, you know, the, <laughs> those little green rental toilets, just just a little portage, like mounted on the on the asteroid next to like a little mining. Thing. No, I got an idea. If there's they're awesome guns and pieces of equipment, but to use them, they fill up a bladder. The more you use them, <laughs> the more the bladder fills up, and you can only empty the bladder at certain spots. So yeah, does space ships have to poop? <laughs> oh my goodness! Like, like so, the ship could eat, and no. Okay, we'll so what's really great about this entire thing is that I've actually <laughs> already answered all of these questions for you because I started with saying we're not a space simulation. Oh, 
so we can just like cut all of the pooping and eating out of the picture because we're going arcade. We're talking about Boom. the ship pooping. We're talking about the well, ship pooping. We're, we're talking we're about just trying to yeah. We're trying to make it into a survival crafting. <laughs> See, because then you Space. have to recycle. You have to recycle the poop for 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 fuel. Oh, you know, like it just. Okay. All right. Oh, I and then it. and then when it. you wait, I'm wait, sure hang on. we will have a mission though. I'm sure there's going to be a mission somewhere <laughs> that's going to have to deal with somebody's literal crap. Like it's, it's probably going to happen. Okay. No. Here's here's the deal. Is uh, you you're you're sent on a mission to like open a wormhole, and when you get there and you shoot the thing, and the wormhole opens, and a blue portageon spirals out, and the Doctor Who theme plays. And oh, no. then it just disappeared. You know, I'm sure that we'll have some clever references to our, our previous works. Um, I know that we have a pretty pretty outstanding community that's tracked us from the from our Galaxy on Fire days. Yeah. So we'll definitely be pushing forward and and giving yeah. a little bit of teasers in that regard. So, for that, sure. so that's a thing, right? That that I wanted to ask about is yeah, sure. because Everspace One was a uh, not not in any way like adjacent to a galaxy on fire kind of thing. Right. I mean, it's like, okay, it had spaceships in it. Other than that, not, not really uh, that sort of thing, but here you're doing open world. You got some quest stuff going on. Um, So is is there going to be like, is this like a marriage of ever space one and a galaxy on fire for like, this is like where those two things converge and, Well, technically, the last Galaxy on Fire we worked on was two. So for us, this would be more like a a real three. Um, Yeah, Yeah. three is a different team. Yeah, three three is a different game. It was made by a different studio with a different team. Um, And, you know, best of luck to them. It's just not ours anymore. And um, I would say that to answer your question, yes, like we are absolutely embracing our roots, where we stem from, what we're best at. This was actually something that Michael would say in the interview process, working up to Everspace 2 before it was released. Like People were saying, like, well, what are you working on? What can you tell us about it? Blah, blah, blah. And he would always end it with, we're going back to what we're best at. Mm-hmm. And at that yeah. time, the only nice. game that people were looking at was Everspace 1, and it left a couple people confused. But the people that knew Michael's history and our history over at Fish Labs knew, oh my gosh, it's going to return more to a format of Galaxy on Fire. And that's exactly what you're seeing here. Which is wonderful, because Galaxy on Fire 2 was... That's the only one I played, but it was great. It was oh, thank you. really, really yeah. great. So yeah. in, Gal- in Galaxy on Fire, like the progression was, you know, it's like I acquire newer, cooler ships. And yeah, sure. I, I get equipment for them until I get the next cooler ship and then I equip it, and, you know, so it, it's sort of that uh, progression grind thing. And this being kind of a space looter shooter kind of would work that way. But you were saying like the character is the ship, right? Right. And, and I'm looking at the three ships that are in the in this snippet that we've got here. And what I'm wondering is, is that kind of when when you start the game, do you commit? to a type of a ship, almost like a character class. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to be the fighter or I'm going to be the wizard ship. Right? So, and then- yes and no. So, the, the way that the ships function is they give you a base to work with 
And you're going to build upon that base, uh, just like in a traditional RPG where you choose your class and you customize on top of that. And mm-hmm. you're going to develop further a tech tree of some sorts and maybe even have the ability to change your class through the course of the game. That's more of what we're aiming to do here with Everspace 2. So um, so, so you kind of spoke- The ship is kind of a class then. Yes. So like using Galaxy on Fire 2 as a reference point, you know, the progression is very much so getting the next ship, right? The next best ship. Um, Here, it's not just about finding loot that's going to outfit your ship and make it better. It's also about finding better parts of ships and newer ships as well. So it's a bit of both. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot of different directions to take how you're establishing your ship. And there's going to be more on top of that with what you have on it. Okay, so so Everspace 3 can then be sort of an MMO. <laughs> let's go that direction. So, oh gosh, what, what, is, what is that free Diablo game? Path of Exile. That's really good. Yeah, Path of Exile. Okay, so so imagine Path of Exile, but this game, right? So you fly ships (laughs) around like this. Well, okay. So time out. Quick time. Online is now dead to us. Time out. Quick time out. So so I I don't want to necessarily relate too much with Path Path of Exile because it uses a free to play model. And we at Rockfish Games vehemently disagree with the free-to-play model. It's not something that we want to do. It's not something that we will mm. ever do. We are very much you're a hired. premium pay once you're, you're, you're hired. Uh, and play forever. <laughs> so I just I want to put that out there because, like, because again, like, it, it's fine if we're talking about like itemization and stuff. But because of like that core element, I just have to put that up front right now. Yeah. Well, I, oh, okay, so what I mean is not necessarily the free to play business model, but the, the MMO nature of the game, right. Where it's, yeah, where sure. it's like, Hey, you, you hook up with like four other people and then you go do things in the open world. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, in, in a looter shooter kind of, a, of a Diablo way. Right. Yeah. Um, so something wait, also like a destiny, perhaps. Yeah, kind of like that. Sure. Um, and it, yeah, that's that's. I mean, more to the business model that you're looking at, right? Because yeah. it's like, okay, it's a it's a it's a buy to play, and then perhaps expansion content or or whatnot. But um, it, there's just there's just no good sci-fi MMO anywhere. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Because Hunter and I have this talk all the time, right? Well, Jim, Star Trek I mean, Online. I can and, tell you about one. Yeah, don't tell me about <laughs> Galaxies. I know about this. Um, but Star Trek Online, right? If Star Trek Online was just the space stuff, I'd have a blast in that. Unfortunately, they make me get out of the ship and do this ridiculous, tedious, terrible stuff, you know, walking around on the ground, talking to people and shooting Klingons. But... Um, so that's enough that just snaps me out of the game. But if it, if it was like space, space Diablo, and then I don't know, had some kind of a, a, of a background thing, uh, Eve online sort of deal, but not, not as uh, a second job. as <laughs> that thing is. You mean Hunter, the Hunter, generator? Is that yeah, Hunter? Hunter recent, recently got divorced after a long term relationship with Eve Online. Him and Eve had to split. Oh man, do we need yeah. a moment of silence? Nope. 
Okay. <laughs> Listen, I took a can of petrol to that bitch and lit her on fire. Wow. Oh Sometimes you just have to burn that bridge so you can't go back. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, excellent. <laughs> yeah. But it, no, it's it's like I see I see the single player experience that this is going to be, and I just I just it's kind of like Skyrim, right? Like I'm playing Skyrim, and it's like I don't like Elder Scrolls Online because it's scaled up to too much people, right? And then it it feels not good to me because it's just like okay, but I want the ability to like bring my buddies, right? Two three people. Yeah. And we go screw around in this thing. I want to run like a private server, set my work. You know, like if we if we could play uh, elite, right? And I could host my own server, and I could tweak out the economy and the enemies the way I want them, which would be a lot different than what Frontier wants them. Um, then that would be great, right? Like uh, what people did with, um, uh, I want to say free space, but it's not free space. Uh, freelancer. Right. So yes, there's okay, there's yeah. still a freelancer community. They can support a hundred people on that server. Uh and you know, you go to log in, you see fifty, eighty people that are in there. And and it's like they're still keeping that thing afloat somehow. And they've modded the bejesus out of it. Like it does stuff that it was never intended to do. Yep. Um, you know. So it it's it's kinda like, yeah, if if you could if you could get us the next freelancer built in this ever space thing. Yeah. I could yeah. see something with that. We've had, we've had a lot of people desiring that. Um, even with ever space one, people were like saying oh, like, freelancer, you just see that excitement in the space game world as a whole. It's like, like freelancer set a standard, right? Like something that we should be expecting from our games of the future and where where are they you know well um, and here's and here's my argument to, to some of that stuff we actually had some some quality type games like that that have come out that for some reason we can't replicate again you're freelancer, right freelancer being one of them i would i would argue the earlier days of eve online there was a lot of really interesting and intriguing mechanics of that game that were really deep and complex and then, and I hate to, I hate to, I hate to do this, but like, th there are things that Star Wars Galaxies did that Chris Roberts can't get right with Star Citizen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> of course. You know, and, and it's and it's amazing to me that a game as old as Galaxies was was able to do some pretty dynamic things like multi-crewed ships. And even in the final days of the live server, they actually had atmospheric flight. So you could even do like atmospheric, like multi-crewed ships and then fly up into space. Like it was, that's to me is something that has yet to actually be replicated. Well, I, I feel like the, the deal on that is the people who could afford to fund such a thing. It's, it's like, it's well, Star Citizen kind of disproves whenever I say that it's out of the reach of crowdfunding, right? But I, I feel like that's a one-time thing. You know, that that is never going to happen again. I think Chris has ensured that. Um, but it, it's like, in order to create a game that is like that, you need a AAA budget, not, not like a crowdfund budget. But you can't get AAA investors to look at that because then they're like, well, how are we going to monetize this thing, 
right? It, it, it you know, it, it's it's like as soon as you bring the budget into it that it would require, then you have the business side of things like making it dirty, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. or just or just saying like nobody's done this for a long time must be a reason you can't do it either. We're not going to fund it. Right. I mean, know? it's it's a lot of work to create even just a, a standard. Uh, mass setup of unique created worlds, right? So like if you're looking at just the basis of freelancer before you're even adding an online component, that took a very long time to put together with every single unique planet that had a place that you could fly down to with every single trade lane and asteroid field that had a secret base inside of it with unique loot that could be found at specific points upon doing specific missions bound together with a story mode that helped unlock these unique locations you're traveling between. Like there is so much depth in just creating the world itself. We haven't even talked about the ecosystem that could potentially exist there or excuse me, economy, excuse me. I said ecosystem economy that would exist there. Like how is that going to shape and change over the course of play? Um, Like there's so many different factors and then you throw in multiplayer and it changes everything, right? Like yeah. everything kind of gets thrown out the window because now you can, you and your buddies can find something to exploit and just make it your own. Um, and especially with Iverspace 2, we don't really want to go into that multiplayer space just yet because it's it's not it's not within our vision. First, what we really want to do is create this active world that you can kind of make your own through your own decisions. And we don't want any interference from other players to mess around with that space. Thank God. Because so, mm. other people so like, suck. And I'm not saying like, boy, I wish that Everspace 2 was this thing. I'm, I'm saying like, well, where do you go after Everspace 2? Right, right. And it's a very valid question. And for right now, um, we're going to focus on making Everspace 2. <laughs> And we'll see where things line up in the future. Cause I think it's, I think it's a little hard to say where we want to go from this point. We just want to, we just want to get this game done. Right. Yeah. Uh, We got two years of development ahead of us. And, you know, if we get the right type of funding and we get the right type of community engagement, we could have a DLC or two, maybe after that point, that could be another year or two. Uh, Who knows? Mm -hmm. Uh, Like we we're looking at opportunities and we're not backing down from them. We're, we're ambitious. I said it once. I'll say it plenty times. Yeah. The, the, I, I guess basically uh, what I hope with Everspace 2 is can I have Skyrim in space? That would be very nice. Yeah. I think right? it's, I think it's like a where, fair comparison. I it's because it's, it's like, I'd say it's, it's kind like of there's in a that story. Ro- yeah. It's kind of, well, like there's that. a story yeah. in Skyrim I've heard. But <laughs> but I have I, it's well, got I've, Max I've gotten, von Sido and everything, dude. Oh, Seriously, I, I know. I I got up through the Fusrodaw and I talked to the dragon and stuff, but I haven't really taken the main quest like through to completion, right? Because I get squirreled off on like, oh, let's go do this. Oh, let's join the Dark Brotherhood. Let's do the thing, and it, it's kind of like I could play that game hundreds of hours and not exhaust what's what's potential there because there's so much stuff that is not the the main line of the game right they just put so much bs in every corner right um and it and it's this open world that i can just run around in and cause trouble and get killed and and things right um 
but again, like playing Skyrim, I just wish like if I could just bring one other person with me in here, that would be great. Mm. Right. So, so that's kind of where that, that sentiment comes from is specifically games like Skyrim where it's, it's like I'm denied the multiplayer co-op thing. Right. Um, but yeah, it, nobody's made Skyrim in space. Like, uh, privateerish kind of games, mm. uh, freelancer. Ro- Ro- Rodina is getting. Rodina is getting in that direction, um, but it's nowhere near done. Yeah, well, Rodina kind of feels like highly procedurally generated kind of mm. thing. Oh, and you it's want like, okay, you want no more handcraft? No man's. You want more handcraft? Well, I want. I want at least not like. Okay, when when you have everything procedural, it's the no man's sky lesson. When everything mm. is unique, nothing is, because nothing has to. Nothing actually makes sense. It's just kind of jumbled together. You know, it's like oh, there's there's purple trees and and giant mushrooms and dinosaurs and squirrel things on this planet, <laughs> and none of it like inner operates right it's just like this is what the dice threw down on this planet um whereas if you if you have a uh sort of a curated environment right it's it's like in skyrim it's like okay there's a temple up there there's a reason like just looking at that and i can walk around and it's like it has a it has a feel like there's a story to this there's history to this there's a reason somebody put this here kind of whatever right um it it doesn't feel like some random number generator said oh it's it's i should drop a dungeon here we'll put one here for no reason right it's it's like everything is contextually appropriate to wherever it's at you know so um they spent a long time crafting that world right so but the thing also is uh so that's that's terrestrial right so you have trees and rocks and hills and castles and crap right in space you don't really have terrain like that um you have asteroids you can have caves and asteroids uh what else can you do oh we've got some plans to fly through yeah i mean so so it's like can can you have a a handcrafted interesting uh exploration rich environment that's in space oh yeah like that because that's that's basically the deal there's all kinds. Well, I mean, let's of look at let's look at descent space. for a second. Let's look at descent for a second. I mean, what? How did it make the the locations, the levels that you were driving through, flying mm-hmm. through, rather? How did it make those enjoyable and engaging experiences? I think it was by taking this free range of six degrees of freedom and mixing up a formula where it wasn't just everything's on a plane, but suddenly you can also go up into a new room or down underneath into a new room where the environment now feels so much more full. And with Everspace 2, that's absolutely something we'll be exploring as well. Um, A lot of people really loved the uh, colonial derelict stations from Everspace 1, but they were really small. Mm. Um, Everspace 2 is going to be a lot bigger with a lot more elements. Well, um, one thing you mentioned that we haven't talked much about is this time you can also go down to planets. Yes, yep. And so that's absolutely, and that's going to add even more interesting locations beyond the the space stuff. I mean, space can have all kinds of terrain. I mean, asteroid fields, black holes, nebula, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then different uh, different types of of minerals and resources floating about in space as well. Like you'd have debris fields, you could have 
um, isteroids. That's always a, a common one that people like. You could have Fun. Um, like you could have plasma fields, um, yeah. different assortment of nebulas. I mean, the list goes on and on. And and then you can also get really weird and crazy since you know it's sci-fi and say, oh, you know what, you found goop in space and you have to deal with it does it make sense probably not but is it fun if it is we're going to put it in so various other elements that you'll be engaging and having to strategize around um things to explore uh things that are weird and alien if you want to game, if you want to get some ideas as to weird crap in space go play a game called zigfrack uh zigfrack zigfrack yeah. it's a it's another space arpg and it has things like Fishing holes, where uh, you're you're fishing for things in a small black hole. It's kind of like a fishing mini game in space. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not even kidding. Uh, so that is, if you, if you want wacky ass ideas, <laughs> that's that's one place to go. Oh, we have another question. Um, sure. How accessible will Everspace two be to pat to? Oh, ugh. how accessible will Everspace two be? to pacifist play oh that's a wonderful question that's an interesting question yeah no no that's a great question okay so so with everspace one let's let's start where this was established um so we actually um i I for a very long time did challenge runs for in like community streams and uh the community some of which who are actually in the twitch chat right now some of those some of those characters who are throwing questions and, and talking with us they uh, they supplied a lot of these various challenges, and one of them was the pacifist run that we ended up creating a patch into Everspace One so you could see your kill count in your stats page to make sure you haven't killed anything. <laughs> and um, and the pacifist run, because it's a, a very challenging game as a roguelike formula, it was very intentional to uh, design that formula to where it was possible at all. Now, with Everspace 2, because it's in an open-world setting and there is going to be an elaborate campaign that you'll be traveling through, um, probably about 20 to 30 hours of story content for that campaign alone, and that's without adding in all of the little side quests to get distracted with and jobs to take on and going exploring, blah, blah, blah. Um, but like all of this all of this uh, being said, like it, it would be very challenging, um, if not impossible, to complete that main campaign without taking out a single opponent. So we'll have to see if, if, if it's plausible at all. Um, I think that it would be amazing if it were possible based on what we've got for the story thus far. Not sure how likely it is, but we'll look into it. Cause I think, I think that's a really cool way to challenge somebody. It's a really great self-imposed challenge for sure. I mean, you'd still have to fire weapons at asteroids to mine stuff, but I guess otherwise, it's like run away from every fight. Is that what the is that what the pacifist uh, uh, gameplay is? Yeah. basically. In specific with with Everspace One, it's all about like optimizing your maneuverability over mm. your damage. So it's about getting to the locations where all the loot's at and evading enemies, hmm. and it. It, what ends up happening it gives you just enough to keep going. You get just enough fuel. You get just enough stuff to convert into resources oh, wow. to craft that one thing that you need. And you can make it all the way through a run in Everspace 1 without taking out a single foe. Um, with Everspace 2, though, man, I'm going to think on that because I really do like that idea. And um, 
you know, we'll see. We'll see what we can do. We got we got time and development. Why not? We'll- I do have to say one thing I liked about Everspace Two, at least this demo, is that Everspace One kind of gave me a bit of anxiety because. Like every place I jumped, there was always something out to get me. Like I couldn't just relax and explore, you know, and uh, just look around. Like there's always like a pressure to keep moving on, you know. Yes, and that, that was the intent. Right, but that seems to be gone, uh, at least from yeah. the demo, which I really like. Oh yeah, no, it's completely gone. Yeah, I mean, in an open side, where you want to go, and we didn't want to apply any pressure to that. No, 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 no. No, no, yeah. that wouldn't make sense. I, I mean, appreciate this, that. This genre change is, it's, I mean, it's pretty crazy in actuality. Like, obviously, the similarity between Everspace 1 and Everspace 2 is really the motion of the ship. And that's basically it. Also, the story, which you'll see later. But, like, everything else, like, we're really building from the ground up. So, yeah, take your time with Everspace 2. Treat it like a simulation if you want. Um, but still recognize that there's plenty of stuff that we're going to generate out in that world, fast paced combat, exciting jobs to take on and all that stuff in between. Now, how is the randomization going to work? Cause on the Kickstarter page, uh, it mentioned like events and whatnot. So there's still going to be some procedural stuff in there, but it's not the focus this time. Correct. Yes. And so basically the randomization is mostly talking about your loot pool your loot drops. So like every single enemy, it's not like you destroy that drone, that one drone, and it's going to drop that one item because it's going to be Diablo in space. There's going to be specific loot pools that are going to assign a random drop to you. So if you wanted to find better gear, you're going to have to find uh, better enemy types, you know, maybe small armadas that you have to deal with, you know, whatever to really like, find the equipment or do jobs, of course, like really mm. branch out and look around and explore um, for finding all of those, those right. delicious items to add to your right. ship. So now, it's... in addition to that, the randomization also will be applied to um, various missions that can spawn in. When you're traveling around the galaxy, for example, in supra light travel is what it's called. You can get interdicted. You can, um, you can locate unknown signals. Um, there was going to be some other crazy stuff that can happen, but whenever you take the time to engage with with whatever those elements are, they are going to be a random encounter or event that you are then faced with. Okay, so I, I really did like the uh, interdiction stuff. It was a lot like Elite Dangerous, I thought, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I thought that really worked well. I couldn't, I couldn't escape once. Uh, I hope that gets a little tweaked because I tried. Oh, it's yeah. We threw it in. It's definitely going to get fixed. Even the UI, that like circle reticle thing, like none of the team likes it. Like (laughs) it's one of those things where we're just like, thanks. I hate it. And so we're going to fix it. Don't you (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Oh, another question. Uh, To what extent will we be able to enter the superstructure of cap ships and what sort of things will we be able to do in there? And that is mentioned yeah, a little like, bit on oh, the Kickstarter. The yep. yeah. It is mentioned a little bit on the Kickstarter. We had a little bit of a tease. Um, I mean, I think it's no secret that when we're flying around, especially in an arcadey space shooter, you want to have really, like really big, bad boss fights. You want to have mini bosses that feel challenging and rewarding. Um, and we're planning on pulling that off. Um, in fact, in your footage, I think you're kind of getting somewhat 
sort of closest to one of the mini bosses that's in the demo. Um, but um, the long story short is that each of these bosses, mini bosses, whatever you want to call them that you're confronted with, we wanted unique ways to bring them down so that it wasn't just the same fight over and over. Right. So depending on what class your ship is, you might have an assortment of tools available for you to do something completely different than a different ship in that moment. So as an example of that, um, let's just say, let's use a really common example of cloaking, right? So instead of going in guns blazing against this, you know, we'll say uh, warship, you know, generic warship, generic warship A, you're taking on this guy, you go into cloak and you fly nearby his engines where there's like a power coupling that goes into like a little feed through the ship. And in that little space, you're able to use your grapple on board your ship and pull one of those power couplings out of the way that has an entry point to fly into the capital ship. Okay? Can't see you at all because you're cloaked. You fly in there. You have no problems getting in there. And then now you have to deal with its internal security systems that maybe are trying to electrocute you or maybe have turrets in there or something. We'll figure out what that's going to look like. But you'll be able to blast away at, like, all of its internal systems. You know, you knock out its engines. You take out its shields. You know, maybe you even drop its life support. So now it's just a waiting game until everybody on the ship is just dead, you know? And, um, uh, um, and Brian, remember, you got to shoot at the beams to get them out of your way. And that's... Oh, that's come, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> that's a little X-Wing Alliance in-joke uh, between us. <laughs> that's great. But um, but yeah, like, so with that situation where you're you're cloaked, like, you know, that's, that's kind of like your stealthy option of just, like, messing with the ship. Another option would be just go full in guns blazing. Of course, everybody's familiar with this. So you're, you've got like a, a heavier ship. People are familiar with the gunship of Everspace One. So we'll look at a variant of that one per se that is not even the right size to fit into the ship. It couldn't even go in there if it tried. But what it can do is overcharge some sort of, of uh, some sort of like turret system on the warship that completely disables it. And as it overloads it, it drains the shields rapidly, something like that. And now the gunship's just going in all guns blazing and hitting key components on the exterior that just splits the ship in half right down the middle. And the deed is done because you hit it with so much firepower, right? So two completely different ways to take out the same enemy. These are just like wild examples. I'm not even guaranteeing that those two examples are going to be like fully flushed out and in the game. But these are these are ideas that we're exploring, experimenting with that we think would be really fun, really engaging and also really challenging to pull off depending on your specific unique play style, your ship, your equipment and the perks you've selected through your leveling progress. Yeah, I think you're talking about in the demo, there was a, I think it was a, a destroyer. And yeah. the way you took it down, well, you could take it down without doing this, but the best way to take it down is like every so often it would like slide out these doors that would in behind those doors was like a ton of damage. And so uh, you, you had to time your attacks just right so you wouldn't be slaughtered by its turrets while you're attacking this really kind of thin area. Inside on the in the inside facing the inside of the ship, um, 
So yeah, that was that was kind of a fun challenge. I thought that was pretty creative. Rather than yeah, the, it's, uh, it, a really simple, really simple mechanic on that ship. Really, um, so like anytime you drain the, that's when it kind of clicks and it opens up its sides. And if you shoot on, into the internal of those like charging wings, I'm going to call them, yeah. then you're dealing like triple damage to the ship. And after a timer, it will close those coolants and its armor comes back up. So you'll have to destroy its armor again before you can even start doing damage again. Right. Yeah, I, I really did like that. And so that, uh, that that's a really great example of some of the creativity uh, on display here with this uh, with this game. <laughs> I like hey, the boss fights are kind of a puzzle to solve. And and there can be more than one way to solve that puzzle. That's that's the other key part of that. Yes, that's the key part of it. One hundred percent correct. And and I really did like all the toys. Like I especially loved the um, the railgun. I loved the railgun, mm. and mm-hmm. and the EMP field. I I use them so much. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I especially love how like. I don't know if this is an unreal thing or what you guys have done with it, but like some of the physics in this game are hilarious. Like when you shoot a barrel and it just spins off before, <laughs> before blowing up, just little things mm-hmm. like that. Or like when you hit a ship with an EMP field, like they spin about uh, out of control for a little bit, which oh, is, yeah. which is so fun. Uh, so I love little detail. I, I really enjoy little details like that. Yeah, we're having a lot of fun with the physics this time around, and um, I mean, we're 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 making sure that it's in the realm of fun. Yeah. So that, so like as you said, like the barrels, for example, um, you can actually pick up a barrel, then shoot it, and then you can launch it at a foe, and it'll explode right next to him. And it's just, it's so satisfying. Oh, like really? Shooting, shooting barrels at enemies. Oh my yeah, gosh! I noticed great. that when I was playing the demo too, I was able to like <laughs> grab one and shoot it at a base and watch it blow up. That was really. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and then there's like the barrel launchers as well. So they're throwing like little barrel bombs, I think is what they're called. And yeah. These, uh, these are just, yes. Yeah. Like the yeah. bombs are. Yeah. So there's like a lot of these little examples and like there's, there's probably going to be the ability to upgrade your grapple to where it's like those little pesky drones that nobody likes. Let's be honest. You'll be able to just grab them and just chuck them into an asteroid. So you don't have to deal with them at all, you know? So lots of different ways that we're going to be using that grapple mechanic on the ship. Um, just because it's not really something that we see in space games and we kind of like where it's going. So, so we'll see what we can come up with. So you guys also want to be the, you guys also want to be the just cause of space games. Uh, apparently is, is what I'm, is what I'm hearing. Um, I mean, maybe not to that extreme, <laughs> but yeah, we want to have fun with it for sure. I would be so. fine with that. Someone did the just cause of space games. I would. Someone <laughs> needs to do that. Someone needs to actually absolutely do that. I did have a question about drones. Uh, yeah, sure. Now, now that we, um, since since they were just mentioned, will you be able to have your own drones, not just the ones you can hack, but like, will you be able to have your own drones that will go system to system with you and stuff like that? Oh, I'm, I'm sure of it. I'm sure. Oh, of it. good. Um, I love you. And I, I say that because like, that's something that we did with ever on. And honestly, like, I think that the drones weren't quite balanced to the way they should have been. Like I'm speaking from like doing QA work with the team on Everspace one. I think that the drums maybe were a little too underpowered, not as useful as they could have been. And I know that that's something we would think would be a really great tool to, to like fully embrace 
in Everspace 2, where you have your little drone buddy following you along yeah. doing very specific tasks for you, you know? Yeah. So so definitely something that we want to uh want to grow and develop further uh than what we did with Everspace One. So we'll like, see what happens. We'll like what uh happens. I don't know if you've played Spaceborn, but that game has drones. Uh, that game has okay. drones, and the drones do a lot of different things in that mm-hmm. game. Like it can mine for you, it can get, it can scavenge for you, it can get, you know, it can do, yeah, it can repair you. So yeah, I mean drones, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes it, a lot of sense, especially yeah. because we're going to have so many more tasks in Everspace Two. You might exactly. as well have a drone who can help you with all. And yeah, I, also, I, I really like that. But I also like how they're. I don't remember this from the first game, so maybe I'm just not remembering. But like this game has different types of drones, which I'm enjoying. It has armor drones and missile defense drones, uh, for example, that do different things rather than just shoot at you. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, they add buffs, which I thought was really nifty. Uh, so, as well. so can you tractor beam a drone and then reprogram it to be your friend? Some, um, some you can. Well, there are some that are not the active ones. Damaged. You'll be able to find drones that are just yeah, out in the exactly. world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm just, was... I'm just wondering if I can like become a necro, right? Like just have a, <laughs> have a swarm of drones. Now, I will say this: with Everspace One, with the gunship in particular, it was more than possible to have like ten drones on your side at one time oh because God. of the tool um, that was called the. Um, um, oh my gosh, I'm brain farting. I know every single person in chat who's played Everspace One are like, oh my gosh, really? You can't remember the freaking consumable name? Um, but basically what it does is it takes control of all drones that are in your vicinity. And it gives oh, you ownership wow. for like 40 seconds. <laughs> so with the gunship in particular, uh, the perks that it has allows all of your drones to gain extra hole points, gain shields, and do more damage. So, so you have three of your own drones, and then say you capture like six more. It's just you just sit back and watch your drones just disassemble everything in the environment. It's it's beautiful. Drone override. Thank you so much, uh, Dark Ryan Craft. Drone override. I cannot believe I forgot the name of that. We do have a couple of questions uh, from the chat. Yeah, sure. uh, one is, can you hide on a capital ship to get through like blockades or something or someplace you couldn't get to? That sounds like an interesting idea. Um, I, I think that if we're going to have, uh, have targets that you can fly into the interior of, they're probably going to be stationary. Mm. Um, it would be really challenging, I think, especially from a, de- a development standpoint of making a moving ship that you can fly inside of. Uh, there's going to be a lot of problems with physics and, and, and movement and of all kinds. If that was something that we push towards, not saying it's not possible, but it might be outside of our scope. So that's something that I can definitely put on my docket and, and talk with the team about, but I'm thinking it's not very likely. Um, still, I do like that idea for a mission. That would be pretty hilarious. Even if it was something where it's like you have to go inside and and like stationary yourself on the internals, and then you know then it transitions to another mission where you're in a different environment, but you're still inside the ship. I don't know. You know, there are, there are options. I suppose you, you, you're, you're smuggling yourself in like the hidden compartment yeah. of the Millennium Falcon. Uh, that's that's pretty great. I I do like that concept for that's sure. A great, that's a great that's a great idea. And the other question is. Um, 
Uh, so this demo looks really polished. What part of development is the most time consuming that's going to take another two years to complete? Everything. Like <laughs> I mean, no, I'm serious. Like I'm serious. Like even the ships themselves are not done. Like their models are not done. The UI, like we're still working on what's the best fit. Like right now we have, um, Two bars on the left, there's a cyan and a white, which represent your boosting and your ammo. And then three bars on the right, which represent your hull, your armor, and your shields, respectively. And it's kind of a lot on the screen. We're not sure if we're 100% committed to that. So UI is going to be changing. The itemization. There are so many traits to the items that haven't been added yet. There are so many items themselves that haven't been added yet. Um, Of course, we already talked about other ship classes. So many more enemy types that are coming. So many more environment types that are coming. The missions haven't all been flushed out yet. We are going to be doing voice work for every single line of text you see in the game. Like, I can go on and on and on. It's just, there's a lot. Like, we are, we're going to be in the thick of it for the next two years. And we're delighted to do so. Um, But yeah, it's... I keep saying we're being ambitious, and I, I really do mean it. We've got a lot of work ahead of us. And I, I think people can, I mean, they say they can't wait. They want it now. But, I mean, it's worth waiting two years for, you know, a game that will actually be finished and polished and actually finished and a one-time purchase and actually finished. And, <laughs> and I'm sure you might be alluding to some... Uh, <laughs> Uh, there, there are some games that are have I'm been not being, for a long time. I'm not being a passive aggressive dick at all. No, I'm, I'm no, being no, completely no, serious. I'll, 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 hey, we'll I'll take, add on take. that. I'll add on that. There are, there are some that are getting steady progress despite the long development time. Yeah, that's And fair. we're still True. rooting for them. Well, that's what yeah. I'm take, saying. Take that's this, what I was getting at take here. This. There, there are some that are just going to take a while, and that's okay because yeah. it's going to be great when they're done. At least you're not selling us pictures of ships. <laughs> or pictures of t-shirts. Well, that actually, that's a great segue. Do you guys want to give me $20 and a photo of uh, the, the, the work that we're... <laughs> Just kidding. No way. No, no, that, that ain't us. That's silly. How is the Kickstarter going for you guys, though? I mean, a, running a Kickstarter campaign is a lot of work. Yes, uh, it is a lot of work. And Michael is a brilliant tactician in regards to the crowdfunding uh, crowdfunding way. He learned a lot in his process through uh, Everspace One's Kickstarter. Yeah, which was and very I think successful. as a whole, the oh. team has I think as a whole, the team has really been able to capitalize on what we did best and push that forward and also um, tweak what we didn't do so great uh, to make it look a little bit more appealing and really be able to flush out and present the full assortment of what we're having to offer and ensuring that we are keeping all of our promises. So yeah, as a whole though, uh, Kickstarter is doing very good. Uh, I think we're about four, 40%, I think is what it was right before the, uh, the interview started. So we're very pleased with the results thus far, and we're looking forward to revealing the stretch goals hopefully soon. Yeah, you guys are doing, you guys are, I looked at ClickTrack earlier today and you guys are completely on track to uh, having a successful campaign, which I hope happens because we want this game. Oh my God. Just playing these four areas, not even four systems, four areas in one system. And this, 
this like sector that you play in has, it looks like about six or seven systems with multiple locations uh, each. So just this tiny little taste has made me want so much more. <laughs> like, oh my God. Uh, Brian and air backers. So it's, yeah. it's not like we're just, you know, blowing smoke here. We're, we're actually making this happen or yeah. helping to make it happen. And I just want to make sure you guys know that your support is huge when it comes to this process. Like it, it is massive. Every little bit helps. Like I, I know mm-hmm. that we even will say in our community, like when people are saying like, oh, well, I don't, I don't have any money and stuff, but you know, I, I shared the link with a friend of mine. That's amazing. Like, thank you. You know, anything and everything, like if you're taking what you're passionate about and you're putting putting everything you can into it, whatever that yeah. everything is, yeah. like that is huge. Mm-hmm. And that helps us be able to really complete this vision, this crazy, this crazy, crazy vision that we have and create one of the best games that we hope uh, is going to be from our hands for all of you. So it's it's huge. It's huge. Back the game, you fools. Back it. <laughs> yeah, every little so bit helps. You. Every little bit thank helps. Thank you so much. We have another question. Uh, will Hive make a comeback with even better comedic lines question? So there's a lot that has happened after the events of Everspace 1. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a good time to talk about um, those elements yet. So we'll have more information later. <laughs> sure. Sure. That makes sense. Uh, oh, another question. Do you know what the PC minimum requirements are? I mean, that's probably oh, that's, way too early. That I mean, is a brilliant question, though, because I know that like a lot of people are looking at this demo and just kind of figuring like, well, what does it take to even this? And I would say like the the specs, they're not anything too crazy yet, um, but absolutely through the course of development. We're going to go all out. Um, Now, for those of you who are familiar with Everspace 1, you'll also know that you can still play the original Everspace with not a a super great computer. Like, I actually, whenever I started playing Everspace 1, I had to run it on the lowest settings, and I barely got, like, 60 frames. But um, considering I was basically running on a baked potato, I, I feel pretty good about those results. Yeah, um, it's, it's Unreal. Unreal can run on a wide variety of machines. Right. And so to the opposite end of that, we also, of course, focus on our um, time-tested and, and very optimized graphical fidelity. And we want to make sure that you can get every single ounce of delicious goodness from that by maximizing everything possible. And uh, we're taking advantage of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, folks, start saving now for a computer in 2021 that'll have a Ryzen 5700X and a uh, oh my gosh. G- and a GeForce 4080 Ti, whatever it'll be. Uh, <laughs> oh my that'll probably be overkill, but hey, yeah, you know. I mean, I have a, a 2700X and a 2080 Ti, and this thing ran like freaking butter. Like oh nice, so beautiful. I mean, and I love that the photo yeah, mode is it back. It runs well on my twenty seventy as well. So, <laughs> hey, it ran great on my ten seventy, my ten sixty. Excuse me. Yeah, ten sixty should still operate it pretty decently well. So, and yeah. it's another great screenshot maker because of the nice photo mode, which I'm sure is oh, going to be. Oh, f- we're we're adding so much more to photo. I'm mode. sure. Oh. I'm sure. Right now it's pretty bare bones, but I'm sure. 
you guys are going to be it. Cause like the first ever space was like just this amazing screenshot, like desktop wallpaper maker. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of people would call it that. And, and, you know, we, we really embraced the community on that one. Um, at first we used it to kind of, uh, it was, it was actually a means to check for proper modeling and make sure that oh, it was really? like QA testing. Oh, yeah, really? It was used for QA testing basically like to look around and make sure everything was where it was at. And then we started thinking like, this is kind of cool. Like <laughs> you just pause at any time and just start taking photos. This is, this is awesome. And so we just left it in. And, um, and from there, you know, our community, some of the screenshots generated, holy wow, goodness gravy. There is awesome stuff that came out of you guys. And so we wanted to take that to the next level and introduce uh, lots of new effects for your photo taking goodness, as well as new tools to help you capture that perfect shot with depth of field and point of view and uh, color correction and filters and all all the things. We're, we're going hog wild with it. Yeah, I can't wait because I took so I used the photo tool in in the first game and Rebel Galaxy Outlaw so much to make mm, like yeah. phone phone wallpapers and wallpapers for my computer uh, that I'm really because the graphics in this even though it's still two years out it's gorgeous it's a gorgeous game the explosions are just absolutely delightful uh, just on the screen a moment ago was it like a kind of an acid cloud this kind of green watery acid cloud thing that just was you know freaking beautiful um the corrosion effect yeah 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 exactly and even the planets even though you're high above them they look great uh (laughs) so uh yeah it's just already and and the variety of asteroids you got the little kind of ice fields and the derelict the big derelicts and stuff you know it's just already it's a gorgeous game you know just just already yeah, so yep, there's just so much more coming. There's so much more coming, oh well, folks. Yeah, start saving now for your next computer. Seriously, because when by the time this comes out, you'll be ready. Uh, <laughs> you'll be able to afford whatever the big deal is. Uh, and my computer's only a year old. It still run ran this great. Um, I don't think we're gonna get a big Nvidia card this year. Come to think of it, they haven't done like any announcements. So. Mm. <laughs> but I also want to use that as a segue. Just um, I know that we had a lot of console fans as well with Airspace mm. One. Um, so just in case anybody's wondering, like we've had the question of will this be on Xbox One, PlayStation Four, and Nintendo Switch? Well, um, based on our specs, um, we're guessing <laughs> is that we are likely bringing it forward to a Microsoft console, a PlayStation console. Nintendo is going to have to up their game if we're going to deliver for them um, because the switch will not handle well, what our, what our well, vision looks like in two years, like. there might be a switch DS or something. Right. Or so a, there's, yeah. there's a lot that can happen in two years. And, and that's kind of where I was getting at is like, it's, it's really hard to say, even, even with uh, Microsoft and Sony, it's really hard to say like what we're going to be out on. I know that we've been advertising saying Microsoft one and PlayStation four, but you really, I mean, there's a lot more. St- I mean, PlayStation Five was revealed to be out on holiday 2020, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot of different things that could happen in two years, and I mean, okay. we're going to keep our eyes and ears two- peeled so that we can uh, appease to our audience. Isn't so. it amazing that two years is such a long time 
in terms of gaming and computing and whatnot. And, oh my and gosh. Whatnot. There's going to be so many games that come out in two years. Like it used to be a long time for like smartphones, but that's slowed down. But like computers and consoles and gaming in general, God, it's a freaking rocket. Like two years is another era. Like yeah. it, 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 two years is going to be at the PlayStation five, Xbox, uh, whatever they're called. Xbox that. 2. Xbox we're going to go to Xbox 2. <laughs> that's where I was. That's where my brain went. I didn't want to say it though, because that's it. <laughs> they're going to do it though. It's going to be so stupid. Everyone's going to go through so. Because Xbox One was stupid. Because it's like you already had an oh, Xbox One. You had it. It was called the Xbox. You weirdos. No, wait, wait, I got it. It's uh, going to be the, the Xbox 365. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh. <laughs> Or or maybe the Xbox 720. Maybe. Oh my god! <laughs> Man, I like, Remember that skateboarding like game 720. Oh, yeah. I like that PlayStation Dev Box that they were showing pictures of today. It looks exactly like the alien ship from Homeworld Cataclysm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I, I missed the look. images. I didn't see the images yeah. either. Um, oh, let me fish I'm up. still wait. I'm still waiting for that. Was it the PlayStation like 11 or whatever it is? Which <laughs> is like it's it's all augmented reality. <laughs> you guys, do you guys remember that commercial from the 90s? No, I don't. Like early, 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 early 2000s. <laughs> it was like this PlayStation commercial for for PlayStation. Where it was like you know the future is going to be like this, and it was like a it was like a sphere that this guy had. It was like the new PlayStation. <laughs> And it's gonna it, be. A th- it augmented. It augmented the reality around you, and you you're playing like in the game. <laughs> oh God! Uh, Career Bass Pro says it's gonna be called the Xbox. Like the is capitalized. <laughs> that's oh frick- my God! That's freaking great. <laughs> is that like the Ohio State? Is that what that is? Or just it'll just be called the box. That's what they'll call it. Just the the box. Just box. Just box. with a capital X at the end of it. Just. Box. <laughs> I love Microsoft. Oh, Don't get me wrong, but their naming things is some kind of sometimes can be hey, really hey. freaking stupid. Hands down, hands down, the best controller in my opinion. Oh, I agree. I my I, I'm you know I'm a Microsoft fanboy. My joystick is Microsoft. My game controller is Microsoft. I I've got that Strategic Commander. Remember that thing? I I have that, and it works. <laughs> that thing is crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a Microsoft. Right, I'm- Hardware nut. I'm, huh? I'm, a, I'm about to drop the base in the uh, in the uh, stream chat. Uh-oh. Oh, Uh-oh. kabam! Oh God! What wow! Uh, in the stream oh, chat. Wow! Look at that thing. Is that is that? <laughs> oh my God! You're absolutely right. Oh my God! The PS5 dev stream chat. Uh, it's stream chat in the in the Discord server. In the Discord. Oh, server. the Discord. Ah, oh, I got it. Uh, oh my God! You're absolutely right, Jim. It looks like whatever that chip was called from. Uh, <laughs> oh my God! Oh my gosh! I love the look of that thing, though. I love the look of that thing. It kind of ha- that 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 kind of docking area in the middle of it looks like that you could put some really weird controllers, like Dreamcast style weird ass controllers in there. You know, like a fishing kinda, rod. Kind of looks like a toilet seat. Oh, oh God! It does. <laughs> Oh no! Now I can't That's, unsee it. Thank you. Oh for no! Confirmed forever space two. That's a futuristic <laughs> toilet seat. That's a futuristic toilet seat in which it beams your poo away. 
Like as soon as oh, you poo, station. As, as soon as you as soon Wouldn't as you it be poo, streaming it's like, anyway? ah. <laughs> station five. You know, station I, five. I hope that <laughs> I hope that Microsoft comes up with some sort of witty comeback <laughs> with with them and just is like, yep, the PlayStation Five definitely looks like it's going to have crappy games. You know, oh, something, no. something along those lines. Uh, just uh, boom, just to make the the PlayStation Five. Our games are shit. No, sorry, that's. I'm, <laughs> Excuse my language. Yeah, prime, but, prime Lord's like, I've been saying it looks like a toilet seat since the... <laughs> it really does. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, but yeah, two years is such a long time in gaming. Yeah, it is. It and, is. But it, it's also such a wonderful time to be alive with how oh God. much engagement there is oh God, with developers right? these days. Like, holy dang. Like... I know that there's you know there's there's a bit of drama out there regarding exclusivity and stuff like that. Sure. And you know developers can buy, be pretty hard to trust in the AAA market with all these kind of like questionable marketing tactics and whatnot. Whatever, whatever. But the beauty of all of this is how interconnected all of this process is. So like for us at Rockfish, like we have this Discord where I mean we're active on Reddit, we're active on Twitter, we're active on Twitch, we're active on facebook like basically pick a place and we're active on it and we're just like soaking in what the community is talking about what they're saying like what they love what they don't like like it's it's beautiful because like it reaffirms our vision of what we're trying to accomplish through the course of these two long years but get it refined from the community's response to basically everything we do and it's not in a way that's like content creep but it's in a way that allows us to make an experience together, right? Like that, that simply was not possible 15, maybe even 20 years ago, right? Like you didn't have that type of developer interaction with a rich community. And it's just, oh my gosh. So I know that it's like so long out, but it's also a lot of time for us to soak in everything that the people's desires are so that we can accomplish truly a great piece of work here. Yeah, it's, it's an a, interesting time to be a developer. Yeah, it must yes. be. It must be. I mean, be one, even. I mean, you have so much competition and so much visibility issues on Steam and whatnot. And there are so many, there are a lot of downsides to being a developer right now, I'm sure, with, uh, with lack of curation and all these issues that Steam just doesn't give a crap about. But at the same time... <laughs> Community stuff like Discord and Steam forums and Twitter and and all these ways to talk to your community. And I see a lot more good uh, in, in around now, especially with gaming and talking to developers and developer engagement than bad. Yep. Um, yeah, because I agree. I agree. So, so many developers clearly love what they're doing and love the games they're making and love anyone who engages with them that there's just... Yeah, you see a lot of negativity here and there, but I think overall there's a lot more positivity uh, in gaming. Uh, that's you know not as easy to see because of all the people yelling and making review bombs and things like that. But uh, but yeah, you guys have a great community. Uh, I've seen it in action on the Steam forums and whatnot, and uh, and you guys are so positive that yeah, this these two years are going to fly by for you guys for all of us we hope they don't go by too quickly but uh <laughs> but yeah i mean we we are really happy with the community like everspace we were we were playing the slow game like we really had to play the slow game it was 
making connections. It was meeting players where they're at. It was like really trying to like put our foot in the ground and, and get noticed. Like, I mean, I know that we kind of talked about it a little bit, like, but being a small development team and just getting seen is yeah. a challenge. Oh, God, it's yeah. such a challenge because of how overpopulated the gaming industry really right. is. And, and, and the, and the know, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. It, it, you won't have something to add. Dive in right now. And the weird thing is, I think I read an article recently that a lot of gamers don't own that many games and they play even fewer. Like most, a lot of gamers, they play League of Legends, they play Dota, they play World of Warcraft, and that is it. And it's a, it's an outlier of people like us who play everything. Uh, <laughs> but even trying to get that outlier, like you have to dig into steam to look at the new games list, or you have to follow right. a specific Twitter account that gives you all the new games or whatever. They they've made it harder to find new games and which is a real damn shame. And they're relying on other people to curate stuff for them. And it's just, I feel for anyone trying to make a game right now and trying to get eyes on their game because it's, it's, it's tough. It's really tough, but at the same time, there's a challenge. There's still so much good stuff coming out. It's amazing, especially for space games. Holy crap. Holy crap. Space games right now for the last few years. Jesus. Like, Like I always say this, but when I started space game junkie in 2011, nothing was coming out. Nothing. I was planning. Did you, um, did you Hmm? see the, um, space games film by chance? The what? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Um, oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta send you this link. Um, it actually does a really great job talking about what happened with space games what? as a whole from like the '90s and then into the the 2000s, and then how oh. like they kind of started trickling back in in like 2010 and afterwards. Yeah, like there yeah. was like this huge time period where basically all space games just straight out died. Yeah, like um, the only space games you'd find were like coming from Eastern Europe, and yes. and and like it was Space Rangers, and it was Dark Horizon, and and it was um, and it was like a it was like a trickle. It was like you had like Freelancer and Independence War Two were like the big ones. Oh, really? I've not heard of this. Yeah, so I posted I posted a link on the in the Discord. Um, I think that you do have to purchase it because it was made by two guys who spent way too much time putting it all together. But um, I also know it really well because, um, well, Michael, my boss, he actually spends a bit of time talking about um, how space games are making a comeback throughout that video. And there's quite a bit of Everspace that's uh, oh. shown because it's a pretty looking game. Um, it's a very pretty <clears throat> game. Yes, of course. So it's it's a it's a little bit advertising, but it's really is a, a powerful film to watch. Um, I think it's like a hour hour and a half long, if I remember correctly. So nothing too you, crazy. You can apparently buy it on Steam. I'm going to do that because I want to okay. watch this. But yeah, I think I think for you guys especially, I think you really love this, and there's a lot yeah. of really good insight as to like how things have moved and pushed us to where we're at now. Yeah, because after free space, I I I think it's a few reasons why space games died. Like free space two flopping for one reason, um, people moving to consoles, the joystick 
becoming less popular and more expensive. Um, there were a lot of reasons that people. Yeah, I know. I know. Another big element was environment detail as well, because mm. like with a space game, your environment is a backdrop. Whereas everywhere else you have these lush forests and mountainsides and cities and all of these things that you could put like so many little details in. And with space games, it's like, oh, here's a rock and here's another rock and here's a space station. Hey, that looks a little unique, but like that was it. And it was really hard time for developers, especially um, to like, make something that was fresh, new, and exciting while all of these other fantasy-styled games are coming out. That's so, a good point. That's a good point. There was a huge there's a huge fantasy game thing going on at that time too. Oh yeah, it was massive. That's massive. true. So yeah, I think I think you guys will absolutely I'm totally gonna watch I'm totally gonna watch this since completely and hundred percent up my alley. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I think I you all it. really enjoy it. I don't know how. I oh no, it's it it's fine. It's it's another one of those things that got. Oh God, it's so easy. The industry. Oh my God, it's so easy to get lost. Like I check the it new is? release list. I check the new release list on Steam like maybe every day, or every other day, because that's, that's the only. Way, it's one of the only ways I can keep up with all the space games coming out. There are a lot of space it's, games coming out. It's amazing. It, I mean, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. So. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. Uh, that kind of seems like a good time to wrap up on a, a good note to end on, though, I think. Uh, we've been going for an yeah, hour okay. and a half. That seems like a good amount of time. Um, yeah. So, uh, f- friends, uh, just a couple notes before we fully wrap up. First, I want to thank you all for engaging in the chat. Uh, thank you, everyone, who's been watching and listening and asking questions. That's one of the reasons we do this live is so we can get uh, folks talking to us and... Um, and uh, asking questions and engaging. So we love that. And thank you very much, uh, everyone. So just a couple of quick programming notes. Uh, Tomorrow's stream is going to be um, Close Combat, The Bloody First. Starts at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, That should be a lot of fun. Uh, This Thursday on our LAN party, uh, we're going to be returning to Deep Rock Galactic starting at 4 p.m., uh, Pacific oh, yeah. time. Yeah, so excited about that. Hopefully, I'll be there. I hope so. If your internet works, thanks, PG&E. Uh, <laughs> God, uh, folks, it's 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 almost wildfire season here in California, and PG&E announced that they're going to be doing some power outages for safety reasons because there was a. It was the biggest wildfire in the state i think last year right was that like yeah. one of the biggest yeah. or the biggest i think it was yeah. the, biggest. the biggest and and it started because yeah. of uh electrical problems right it was a spark or a downed power line or something like that um right and it wasn't shut off in time therefore yeah you know, yeah yeah so pg and e uh, is yeah peak season so PG&E is going the complete opposite direction on the pendulum and being like, oh, crap, we don't want to get sued again. So they're like being super conservative about power outages. So hopefully, Spaz, you could join us because your power will be working. But we'll see, I guess. Um, Were they and- doing line work and they're going to shut it down or what? No, no, no this is this is to prevent wildfire dangers from yeah. growing into wildfire realities exactly because right now it's kind of a windy season here in california it's been pretty dry so, so that is so just a recipe like a 
are they afraid like a tree is going to touch a power line and mm. go up or what? I mean, they're afraid yeah, of it's the sort of stuff that, well, they're afraid if, the wind might blow down. A long time listener of the podcast, I, I had yeah. to evacuate two years ago because yeah. of wildfires. That was the one. Was and that was two, two years, years ago? ago this October? Yeah, was that two, two years, years ago? ago? I thought that was last uh, year. That was the one I was thinking. Of. I thought it was last year. I'm I'm just trying to figure out like what a temporary power outage is going to solve uh, about it. Like, no, I what that does is turn it, the power out keeps, for a couple hours. It, no, no, it it keeps things from sparking because if the line goes down, that sparking can cause some major damage because well. There's lots, lots of kindling around because uh-huh. it's very dry. So, so basically, it's is, like there's a windstorm, so they're going to shut it down for the duration of the windstorm. That sort of thing, yeah. But yeah, it could last okay. for up to five days. They've said. Yeah. Oh well, that's a thing. Yeah, it's it's not a good time. Uh, well, I guess you'll be camping in your living room. Uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Uh, and then next week on the podcast, we're going to be welcoming the developer of another kickstarting project called Dominus Galaxia which is a 4X game in the style of Master of Orion 1. And what if Master of Orion 2 borrowed more from Master of Orion 1 than turned into the game that everyone's been trying to copy since? Uh, (laughs) So very excited about that. Eric, thank you so much for joining us and talking about Everspace 2 uh, tonight. Uh, It's really been my pleasure. It has been. Yeah, it's been our pleasure, especially. Uh, folks, the game is kickstarting right now as we record this. When does the Kickstarter ends in, what, about three weeks from when we're recording um, this? I, yeah, we have like Ish. 27 days to go still. Yeah, three-ish weeks. <laughs> we still have a lot of time. So uh, Yeah, So, but you guys are doing great. You're definitely on track to do it. But, folks, if you can help make Everspace 2 a reality, we know it's coming out in two years. It's a wild wait. We know. But it'll be worth it because Everspace One was worth it. These guys know what they're doing. They made Galaxy on Fire and whatnot. They know what they're doing. Um, so yeah, if you can uh, back the project, uh, I mean, I'm under, I'm underemployed and I'm backing the project. So same. If, if that tells you anything, uh, <laughs> my so, goodness, guys. Oh, of course. I mean, we we put our money where our mouths are, you know, around here, and so we. We really want space games to succeed. We don't want another, excuse me, we don't want another 2000 style dearth. Hey man, uh, you, got any, you got any more than space games? <laughs> Get yeah, any more hey, than actually, that's a really good segue. Just what, really, mention this really briefly, but like I've yeah. even been telling people who have been looking into the Kickstarter, like the reason why we're doing this Kickstarter is so that you can put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, because we mean very serious business of working with our community on. Yeah, and and I I did get like on um, I did get a couple questions like why are they, why are they doing a Kickstarter? Don't they have enough money? I'm like prop they might, <laughs> but but I mean Everspace One didn't doesn't sell like hotcakes all the time. It's a three year old right. game. Sales drop off, you know, and they've hired more people. I mean, you know, you need you need not only you not only need funding, but you need to show that there's interest. You know, right. in the sequel. So it's it's um, how do you did how do we get the Discord role after backing? Someone says. Oh, whenever the Kickstarter is over, we'll be distributing those backer statuses to basically everybody who's been a part of it. Um, it's a little bit of a technicality because the Kickstarter doesn't lock in until it's done, right? So and after then, after it's done, then we'll boom. Right, but doesn't also yeah, lock in. 
And, and doesn't it also lock in after everyone's been charged? Like, it's like they make they charge everyone, and then you then it's done, right? Yeah, some payments might get yeah, it's something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, so yeah, folks, if you can go head over to the Kickstarter and back them, uh, because these guys have been making space games for a while. It's not just Everspace; it's Galaxy on Fire. So they have a long pedigree, and they know what they're doing. And based with our experience of this tiny little sliver of a demo that we got to play. Uh, this game is going to be just, it's going to be astounding. It's going to, it's not going to be the next freelancer, but it's not trying to be, it's going to be its own thing, but it's going to be this amazing open world uh, space exploration and combat game. That's just going to be completely engrossing. Cause this demo, I mean, it, it only has like an hour and a half, two hours of content. And I was like, this is it. I want more. God damn it. Uh, so, uh, so if you like the Everspace one control scheme, if you're yeah. used to that, yeah. when you get your hands on this, you mm. will be very much in your so, comfort zone. You'll be so happy. Pretty much the same. You'll be yeah, so we happy. Were tr- we were aiming to do that. We we're aiming to do just that. Yeah. Yeah. Basically free space one with, I mean, Everspace, I keep doing that. Everspace one with more stuff, <laughs> <laughs> basically. But uh, folks, thank you so much for listening and watching. And uh, as always, a special thanks to our Patreon uh, supporters. We just passed 50 patrons. uh, So that's a lovely milestone. So thank you all to them. You guys keep the lights on around here. And eventually, with more of that, this will be a full-time thing. And that'll be wonderful. So thank you, especially to our patrons who help keep the lights on around here. And with that... We will bid you all a good night, and we'll see you uh, back on the channel tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. for some close combat. Have a great night, everyone. Bye-bye.